everyone, and welcome back to another episode of The Reality Is. As always, it's newer, and I feel truly uh, a little bit... <laughs> A little bit awkward because um, I have a guest today, and it's a new friend of the pod that I am shocked that I could ever be friends with somebody this cool. It's Christina Ariel, host of the High Republic show on StarWars.com, along with like a whole bunch of other really cool stuff that like when I told my brother, I was like, do you know that there's somebody who listens to our podcast that does like official Star Wars stuff. He was like, what the fuck? So <laughs> hi, Christina. Hi. I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm so thrilled that you're here. I'm so thrilled that we connected. I feel infinitely cooler just for knowing you. Oh, don't say that. I love you so much. I think you're so great. <laughs> I listen to you all the time. Yeah, I told you, like I told you earlier, like I have this revolving like circle of Bravo podcasts that I listen to and you're all always on each other's shows. So then I find another show. And I just like get deeper into it. And that's how I got so and how I got Kendrick and Kaya and Aaron. And it's just, it's so exciting. Oh my God. Well, I'm so happy you could join because today we're going to talk about, unfortunately, the Real Housewives of New Jersey finale and the penultimate episode of Summer House. But before we get into that, I have to ask you, because you are a first time guest on the pod. We talk about problematic favorites all the time. Who, Christina, is your problematic favorite? Are we like Housewives or like Housewives and adjacent shows? And adjacent. All of Bravo. Honestly, you could give me all of reality TV. Ooh. No. My 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 brain is already doing like a full like red string chart <laughs> from one <laughs> show to the next. Like, who do I love? And I guess if we're talking like current shows, like it has to be James Kennedy. Oh man. Because as as biting as he can be, that dude is so funny. <laughs> he is so funny, and it's just like again, it is biting. Mm-hmm. It is very biting and highly problematic at times. But he is also just like his comedic timing is unmatched. He's witty. He's he's just witty and charming. And it's like oh, and then you throw an accent on that, and you're like, that dude's cool. Yeah, I sometimes I'm like, is it the accent? It probably is. Like that definitely has some of it. But like, just my favorite line from this season was when I guess he almost got into that fight with like Brock's groomsmen, and then Tom Sandoval trying to give him all this advice about like how to make better, smarter decisions. And James then says in the confessional, "Oh, with great power comes great fuck off." Oh my god! I guess oh, you're not expecting the last part, and it's the, the part that makes your stomach hurt because you're like, "Oh my god, why? <laughs> what is this? Why?" And I'm like, I know you're not an actor and you're not a comedian; you're just a DJ. But I mean, honestly, give it a try because you're kind of amazing. Like his comedic timing really is uh, above and beyond so much of the other shit that we've seen on Bravo. Incredible. And he sometimes makes these like elevated jokes and a lot of people don't catch him sometimes, but he will make like the nerdiest random references in his stuff. And I'm like, I'm like that meme of Leonardo DiCaprio just like pointing at the screen. like, mm, mm, mm. I understood that reference. <laughs> oh, God. Um, I mean, I, I already talked about Vanderpump Rules this week, but do you, are you still reeling from the Scandaval finale? I cried a lot. It was a yeah. lot to like watch, and it's really hard to just see like hurt in Ariana's eyes. It makes me 
really, really sad. And so, like, it was hard to, like, it, like, it hit that line of, like, feeling highly invasive and voyeuristic. Mm-hmm. And, but it was honest and it was real. And we say that's what we want from these shows. And mm-hmm. the thing is, I think her having that space to, like, she using the show in a way to protect herself because mm-hmm. you can't, like, bullshit an audience of millions. You can't trap her into this thing where it's like she said this and try to play into this narrative that you've created in every confessional and every interview to try to make her look crazy but you don't have the benefit of somebody who's as reactionary as Kristen was at the time yeah and so like I'm glad that she used that format to like shield herself and protect herself because he would have like made her feel crazy and like just spun and spun and spun and talked in circles and everybody got to see it for what it was. Yeah. I was so proud of her for that scene with Tom. Just, you know, you always think like woulda, shoulda, coulda when you think about like what I would have said to my ex. But she had this incredible opportunity to like really just eviscerate him. And she did. And I don't think that I would ever be able to do that because I'm a crier. I would just be crying the whole time. I would not be able to come up with the words that she said. And it was incredible to watch. She's sweet and she's kind. She's thoughtful. And the thing is, like, she's never been that person that's, like, speaking before she thinks. She's just a candid person and an honest person. And that's what came out. Like, she ain't telling the lies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, exactly. She's been his shield because all these years, like, he's likable by proxy. Yep. Like all of that, like sparkle and judge, like that was her. And yep. when you're siphoning that off a person, and you see, like, look at her on Watch Happens Live, and she's absolutely glowing, and she's on Hoda, and she's glowing. And yeah. It's like, God don't like ugly. Yeah. I think that's another thing that I realized is that all these years when everybody was like, Ariana's depressed, she's boring, she's sour, she doesn't want to be there. I'm like, I realized that she was doing so much protection of this man that she was like, I. This is this is like what I've become. I've become a shell of who I was because I was so busy with in this pact of protecting my relationship with this shitty man who's like been cheating on her for years. Can we also say Katie is glowing as well? Oh my god. Like- Katie's been someone who I have always felt bad for, but she also drives me crazy because I'm like, you know, you're not wrong, Katie, but sometimes you align yourself with the worst people. But Katie, and then people always talk about like her fashions are bad, whatever. I've always thought Katie was so fucking stunning. Like she is. Those eyebrows. She oh, literally has some of the best eyebrows on reality TV. Incredible eyebrows, uh, incredible hair. And, you know, I think for a long time I felt really bad for Katie because she was on this show with like obviously very Los Angeles thin women. And I think Katie compared to these other women is like a taller person it looks like she's like a little bit broader she's got curves and it used to always feel like she like covers them up and so to see her like in some of the fashion she's wearing now I'm like Katie looks so good she dropped that sad sack of moldy laundry Tom Schwartz I'm just so happy for her she looks amazing like she like the fact that they're like thriving and glowing is is a kind of a testament to them being right i wasn't going to talk about that show but i, I, I did have i did have feelings yeah of course who doesn't have feelings about that show uh leave Schreiber. i know i saw that <laughs> this news get out of here 
I did not realize this was the energy. It's like Danny Pellegrino ascended from on high in the comment section to be like, ah, 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 we don't do that. No, thank you. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah, it's this thing of, I didn't realize it was the entertainment section. What? <laughs> it's Instagram. They're only putting the entertainment section. They're not telling you the good stuff on Instagram. Like, that's what they want you to buy the paper for so you can get your hard-hitting news. But they want the, the clickiest story on here. <laughs> I need you to under, you've been in the business a long time. I need you to calm down, Sabretooth. Like, <laughs> Liam just learned about the internet. He's like, what is this, Instagram? Like, I can't click on the picture and it doesn't take me to the link? I'm like, no, sir. You don't People know. don't understand. This show has survived for 10 years. Like, yeah. it is, that is a long time to be a reality show that's a spinoff of another reality show and be successful in your own right. It's like before that one season, like, they were in the like what was it there was like an article that was like the best reality television show on tv mm-hmm. and then it kind of like maybe got to them a little bit but then like you come back with a season like this that you're like oh this show's art <laughs> yeah. yeah it's art and honestly some of the the lines i mean they're not lines it's it sounds crazy to say that this is a real life words coming out of real life human beings who are experiencing <laughs> real life but like Sheena, the stuff that Sheena said to Tom, the stuff that Ariana Her said face. to Tom. Oh, the, okay, also Sheena looks so good. She looked hers. Sheena in that scene and like, one, she was so, I don't think I've ever seen Sheena that upset ever yeah. in the history of this show. I've like never seen her make that face. But like even like with the tears and stuff, you're like, oh my god, is she not? She's a pretty crier. Like what is this? Like these like genuine tears coming down. Her skin is amazing. Girl got a hydrafacial or something. Like it is. You're like, oh, like I can't stop looking at Sheena in this scene, and it is like, girl, you are stunning. Like this is great for me. Like visually, of course. Like sa- other part of it is sad, but visually, this is some stimulating entertainment. I love you. You're like, look, look at them Viva. Ver- what is it? Viva Verona eyelashes popping. <laughs> yes, she was. Her skin looks. She looked like a beautiful angel. Like she looked like. And the fact that Sheena looked so beautiful crying made me even more mad. Like you made this beautiful angel from God cry <laughs> like this. How dare you, Tom Sandoval? Like. <laughs> And not shedding one tear now. No. Not, not no. a, a drippity. <laughs> no, no. I am a hideous crier because I cry with every single like corner of my face. Like I can't free, like even though I got Botox, like I, my eyebrows, like if I cry hard enough, like the I, like the Botox is not going to work because there, there's just too much. There's too much energy all over my face. So it's just everything's like contorted. So I... <laughs> I don't know. I wouldn't know how to what it's like to be a gorgeous crier like Sheena. But yeah, oh, God, I love that show. That's my like flagpole Bravo show. Like it is yeah. my like watched every episode, know it back and forth like show. Yeah. And I think it's, you brought up a great point about like, you know, back when it came on, everybody talked about how like Vanderpump Rules was it. And these kids really were living in dumpy ap- apartments, like sleeping on couches, had literally nothing going on. Stasi was the only one that had been on other shows. I will say Queen Sheena- Bees on Noggin. Yes. <laughs> yes. And um, Sheena had been in a Jonas Brothers video, I the believe. The Pizza Girl. Yes. <laughs> So 
like, you know, they had done a little bit of work here and there, but they were literally nobodies. And so I remember initially when suddenly they got famous, but the fame was still different back then because it was like, we didn't really have social media in the way that we do now. And then I felt like when social media came around, Vanderpump Rules kind of like took a dip because it was like, well, who's being real? Who's not? Is this like, it got a little bit like murky in the middle there. Um, not even in the middle, just like in the last couple of years. But this one, oh God, I was like, we are back, baby. I'm sorry that you had to go through this, but we are back. <laughs> it, man, it's just, it, it has been mind blowing television and wow. I had so much fun watching on Wednesday night. I just said I was so happy. Like again, sad, cried the whole time. But then I was like on Twitter afterwards, and and then even watching Watch What Happens afterwards, like was like a nice calming experience because I was like I was crying earlier, but like look at her, she's glowing, she looks incredible, she's so hot, she's so happy, she's gonna be on the View tomorrow. Like I was so happy for her, so it like took the sadness away. And to me, it really did feel like when like watching Game of Thrones, like those big nights when we all watch Game of Thrones, and then we're on Twitter and like freaking out about shit. Like that's what it felt like to me. Banner Pump Rules on Wednesday night. That's very true. It was. <laughs> I went to work the next day and like. This guy, or it was like our like camera operator, comes up to me and he's like, "I have to talk to you about last night." And I'm like, "Vanderpump Rules?" He's like, yes. <laughs> and you know, like when you find your people when you're out and you like have yeah. somebody to talk to that like yeah. understands yeah. the random nonsense you're saying. But anywho, great, well, one of the best backdoor pilots in the history of television when it came over from Beverly Hills into this other, what is the other one now? Uh, and then Summer House, which is also a Vanderpump Rules spinoff. Yeah, yeah. Do, it's your choice. Do you want to talk about Summer House first or Real Houses of New Jersey first? Let's save the one that scares me. Let's start with Summer House. Okay. All right. <laughs> Tra- good transition from S- Vanderpump Rules, Stassi's Steve Jobs bathing suit. That is <laughs> fucking Kyle. Oh. <laughs> into summer house uh this season really has taken me by surprise i really thought i was gonna come in watching the season thinking to myself like what did what could Lindsay have done to danielle for this to have happened like first of all i thought danielle obviously was in the right like Lindsay must have really been some real fucking monster to danielle for them to no longer be friends and my God, I mean, were you seeing this coming with Danielle behaving the way that she is? No. And it's very like bullying your friend to get in with the cool kids was the vibe it was given like yeah. after a while. And I mean, I know a lot of it, she must have been going through something, some projection. But like if somebody's running around my like engagement, like day of mm-hmm. mad because they didn't know. Why would you know? Like, (laughs) obviously, he told the people that had to fly in. That makes 100% sense. He told you he was buying a ring. You don't tell someone's best friend when exactly they're about to propose to unless they're like, oh, I need you to help get their nails done. All that stuff. Customarily. It's a surprise. Yes. She can post the picture and call you on FaceTime and hold the ring up and say, I'm engaged. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Like the rest of us. Like that is, 
I really still just don't understand this. And I don't know if this is like, is this just something because like I'm almost 40 and I don't understand how like younger people function. And like I know Paige and Sierra and all these girls are like in their 20s. Maybe it is a generational difference. I'm not sure. But I don't truly don't understand this. You have to tell your uh, the guy has to tell or whoever has to tell their significant other's best friend that they're getting engaged. Do I have to ask for your hand? Like, what is this? <laughs> I need your permission to marry your best friend. Please give it. I mean, here's all of the details of one of the biggest surprises of her life. The person that you tell everything to. Let me yeah. tell you everything. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I am on your side of the age spectrum. And I totally agree because it's like, it's just an, and I wanted it to be like something that was rep, like repairable or mm-hmm. like not, I, I did not see it going that way. Like I did mm-hmm. not see the blow up coming, the like the walking around like manically at this proposal party and just like pulling everyone that she's close to, not thinking it's going to like get back to Lindsay. Yeah. The the easy thing could, like I get that Danielle maybe thought I'm going to this party and everyone's going to ask. Did you know that this was – did you know about it? And all Danielle has to say is, no, it was a total surprise to me. How exciting. Like, I don't understand. Like, and then even, honestly, the manic walking around is one thing. But the way she was having to tell herself, you're going to be okay, you're going to be okay, crying in the bathroom before they went to the party. What is going on? Like, I don't I I can't wait for the reunion because I would love to understand what the fuck Danielle had going on in her mind in that moment. It was the doing it there, being in front of like like her family, her yeah. friends, and mm-hmm. like making it so noticeably about yourself. Yeah. Like just pulling it like it was just like and Lindsay, for all the stuff they were saying, like, yeah. She's she's in her love bubble. Yeah. So yeah, she's just like babe, 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 doing her thing, whatever. But her like them going to bed early or whatever, like, yeah, it may not be entertaining, but they're still doing what's best for them. Like none of that was hurting anybody. Mm-hmm. Like her not going to a party with you is not gonna like end your thing. I wouldn't go to a party too. It looked like it was after nine o'clock. Yeah. And you want me to leave my house after nine o'clock to go drive an hour and some change and no, 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 like none of that sounds exciting to me as an old. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Not at all. And honestly, there is something really comforting. Like, I don't, you know, you mentioned how long you've been with your uh, husband. Like, I have been with my husband for 12 years. We've been married 12 years next month. And like, we've been together for 15 years. There is this comfort that you get when you are an old and you get to the point in your life where you're both like, you get invited to a thing and you both look at each other like, man, I would love to not do this or just sit on the couch. Or like when you do have to go to a thing and you're getting ready and it's like eight o'clock and you're like, fuck, we're not going to get home until midnight. But the the sparkle that you see in each other's eyes when it's time to leave from that gathering, like you both just know, like you're so happy and it's so thrilling to be like, I'm going to go home to my, you know, my person and we're going to wash, like I'm going to wash my face and we're going to get into our pajamas. And there is this glee that happens when we get into bed. Like I'm so glad that Lindsay has that with Carl because that really is the fucking best. Look, I just want to take my shoes off. <laughs> yes. I just want to take my shoes off. Like you think about like 
when you're wearing heels and it's cutting into your pinky just a little oh, bit. Like no matter gosh. what you do, and I put a band aid on the side of it to keep it. Yeah. You know what I mean? But yeah. it's like when you get home, mm. unstrap that shoe, pull your foot out of it. It sounds like ASMR. When you pull your foot out <laughs> and you put on your coziest socks and slippers, that's heaven. <laughs> no, no, you're one thousand percent right. And I'm, and I just, I, you know, it just cracks me up because Danielle is not supportive of Lindsay in her soft life. Lindsay wants to live a soft life. Danielle, let her live her soft life with her soft man. Like, and that's alone. the thing she does. Like, she wants to be loved on and comforted, and all of those things yeah. that Carl has given her, and. I, if a PR deal comes with it, so be it. But like, I respect the hustle. Like, heck yes, let's double that Bravo income. Yeah, like y'all can't hate because you're doing it on the other side of the house too. But it's like, yes, you just happen to be dealing with somebody who has a background in PR in their own PR firm. So yeah, they're gonna be able to spin it a little, little harder and get some tell you rides. <laughs> yes, tell you ride. Um, so this episode, we have this post Robert Carl talk and Carl and Lindsay decide to leave. And I was like, man, Kyle, you are such a shitster because Kyle really, he's too drunk to manage this. <laughs> he, he tells everybody, oh, they left. They want to go be with their real friends. <laughs> and then of course it like makes everybody else more upset. Like I just, uh, Kyle, what are you doing? Well, I mean, the thing is, Robert was so out of line. Ugh. He was so out of line. And the and listen, Carl's a sober man. He's trying to make yeah. it in this world, processing yeah. grief, living his life. Yeah. And you're coming at this man over someone who's in the wrong, who's yeah. very loud and very wrong. Yeah. And you are making him feel like the way they're making them feel so bad for getting engaged and like yeah. turning it from this moment that's beautiful for them into this like this is how i feel about your engagement like not even giving them 24 hours before mm -hmm. like just making it toxic and kyle listen i feel like we saw how strategic kyle can actually be on the traders and now i see kyle like yeah mm -hmm. kyle's about to like he's gonna be shit face but mm -hmm. kyle is like Kyle is like Ken Todd walking into the kitchen saying, Zuzable. Like, <laughs> that was like, that's what Kyle does. Kyle is Ken Todd of Summer House. <laughs> you put some alcohol and then whisper something in his ear and he's going to go, Hey, man. And they, I mean, they said it just like that. Yeah. They're real friends. They're yeah. real friends. And then Amanda's going to react and go, <gasps> I know what they said that, and then Maya's what? like, "Oh, our real friends, okay, okay, our real friends, all right." They left. Like you guys weren't even talking to them. Why do you care that they left? Wait, I gotta tell you my favorite part. So they're not going on the boat. Yeah, <laughs> that's the biggest concern. That's the biggest concern. Like these people did not show up. They left. They didn't pack their shit. Like they they have not come back. And Sam is like, so what about the boat? Like, are they going to come on the boat? Like, no, girl, forget the boat. <laughs> um, 
Okay, Craig and Sierra talk about there's a lot of Craig on this episode, which I could do without. But Craig and Sierra are talking. <laughs> One part of him is like, yeah, I'm happy for Carl and Lindsay, but like it does feel really rushed. Anyway, I wish I could have proposed to Paige like six months ago. I'm like, what? You're how? What is this, Craig? This is Craig. I have watched Southern Charm since episode one. Yeah. And Craig is a very sensitive being. And there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. He's also a brat. Yep. And yeah. is very much like, take my ball and go home. Like, I need people to know I need to get engaged. Craig wants to get engaged and have a big wedding. Yeah. Craig is, and Paige, Paige is just like, eh, you know, okay. Like, mm-hmm. but she, like, people are like, oh, like, Paige is so insensitive. Paige is this. And, like, you know how, like, you have somebody who, like, they call, they talk, you have a friend or something, and they talk to you, and they're always like, if they're sick, they're like, oh. Yeah. And it's like a very exaggerated thing. But yeah. then, like, another friend calls them and they're like, hey, girl, what's up? Yeah. And, like, yeah. and you're in the room when yeah. they do this switch up. Mm-hmm. And I think for Paige, she's like, yeah, like, he's doing all this. But we've also seen Craig, like, over the years. Yes, he's had whatever, whatever. Anyway, yes, lots of Craig. Yeah. L- lots of Craig. His conversation with Sierra was really interesting to me, though. Now, listen, in a post scandal world, this relationship gives me pause, doesn't it? <laughs> that takes years better than that. Oh, I mean, I, yeah, I hope so too. No, no, no. But no, I don't I know about this. Sierra. I don't know because she did, she was really into Austin for way too long for me to trust anything Sierra does with men now. Okay. I'm from the South. Okay. Talk and to me. Austin is like a South nine and a half. <laughs> Like in the like in the world of like where you have like four sports teams, like the SEC is everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like he's that guy that would go and be in like the Han Solo fall outfit with yeah. the khakis and a vest tailgating, and the girls would be like, <laughs> like he's one of those dudes that gets married right out of high school. Mm, okay, well that makes divorce in six years. Yeah. Okay, now I understand from a cultural, southern culture perspective, so thank you for bringing that. Maybe that's why. But then also, And she's again, from Georgia. She is, yes. She's yeah. from Georgia. And in Georgia, being a black girl that's interested, or like, that dated white men, or like, any of that yeah. stuff, like, there are like, dudes that'll like, be like, yeah, like, I'm all about you, but you're a secret, because like, that's still like, mm-hmm. they're not gonna take you home and like, talk to their parents. But they're going to, like, make out with you and do all that kind of stuff. And that's, like, a very, like, real thing mm-hmm. that happens to, like, brown women. Yeah. Like, when they're, it's, like, you're a an experience to be, like, that yeah. one time mm-hmm. I did. And I feel mm-hmm. like, in a way, like, that was how he was treating her. And she's so hot and gorgeous and beautiful and all of those things. But when someone is, like, treating you like a secret or not enough to be real about, like, it's going to pull you out of who you are and recognizing who you are because like it makes you doubt yourself. It makes you doubt all these things about yourself. And it's like, Oh, if I can get this person to like me, like this person who is this and this, but basically just tall, like then maybe like it would validate me in some way. Like, like, you know what I mean? 
Yeah, I I could I can see bits of that because of course like as as uh I think we're kind of seeing that a little bit with Danielle where she's getting not with the same sense of getting validation from a man but getting validation from people who probably would not be her friend in other situations, right? Like Lindsay was like the HBIC in the in the house and Danielle was Lindsay's best friend and now Danielle is going to get validation and friendship from these other girls who have since emerged as kind of the cool little clique the bedpan sisters or whatever they are she's now getting their friendship and I feel like there is a little bit of like I'm you know I feel like I've been in that position before where I'm like pretty girls like me um <laughs> But, like, these are the same girls that would have, like, made me cry in sixth grade, right? So I understand that same experience that Sierra maybe is going through with Austin. But I really hope that Craig and Sierra don't end up in a love triangle with – would, I would be distraught if that happened. Um. Anyway – there's not a lot that happens after this party. They all go home. They're, like, kind of just whispering. They make a giant bed. Nobody cares. Um, but the next morning, they call Carl and Lindsay, who say, we're not coming back. We're not going on the boat. They all go make sandwiches and go on the boat. And while they're out, um, Carl and Lindsay come back, pack up their shit, pack up their pineapple upside down cake. I'm not going to be on the camera. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> understand why he hid the kid like we what are you doing in there like what are you gonna do piss on the bed before you leave like why are you covering up the camera when you're packing you probably thought the house was gonna be like like there was gonna be like a bunch of drama or something and like he's still mad or he probably got hyped up like they probably like hyped each (laughs) other up like overnight where it was like and then she said oh she said what Uh uh-uh because i talked to so-and-so on the phone i talked to her i talked to her i talked to her they all said she came over there and said something to them all of them like oh and robert oh and you sent robert to fight your battles like you know it was one of those like yeah i mean i would i love that sometimes also with my soft person in my soft life getting a little hyped up because the soft life is a fairly boring drama free life so occasionally when you get a little sprinkle of something you're like this is the only thing i'm gonna talk about for like six weeks and then (laughs) it's like when you think about it when you only like like the only time you really leave house is for work and then you come home and you just have like it's like kid stuff the second your eyeballs open and you're like Oh my god! I, did did something different happen? <laughs> and you turn into a Disney movie, freaking running through your house like oh, I had an experience that was exciting. Yes. Yeah, I love that's why do you think like suburban people become such busybodies? Because we're so bored that we're like <laughs> slightest bit of drama. You're like this is so exciting. So I, I, I guess it. housewives seems far fetched until you live it. Exactly. Um, The transphobia poster child Corey Keeper shows up, coke to the nines. Oh God! Again, not attractive, just (laughs) tall and outwardly problematic. So problematic. God. Um, Paige says that Lindsay doesn't need Danielle anymore because she has Carl, and that Danielle is now a non-factor. Do you think that's true? I think it would be true now, but I think that it would not have been true if she had just kind of given them grace and time and space to like understand that they're in this new relationship, learning how to like. You have to also learn to navigate the new dynamic. Like mm-hmm. you can't get resentful of it. If you want to be a part of it, then be supportive. Be a part of it. But you 
feel like this coupling of them is the erasure of you instead of like being like we could be a really solid friend group we can still be friends it's just going to be a little different and accept that because it's normal that in a couple like they're going to do more stuff together they're going to have other couple friends that they do stuff with so your reaction is just like it's too big a reaction and you're not well i don't want to like say that her like her emotions aren't valid but the thing is that she's just like she's doing too much like she's just doing too much and like the relationship would have been fine but she's also got the other people in her ear and she's Mm -hmm. like leaning into like low-key trying to impress them it's like when you are like in middle school and you go out and you're like i need timberlands and a fitted abercrombie shirt and like Like that's what it is. Like that's the vibe of this whole thing for me, where it's like slowly start to like change. It's like, oh, if I can get acceptance over here, then that'll be great. Yeah. Do you not get that vibe from like how this whole thing is going? Where it's like I'm trying to. Absolutely, I feel like I I like Danielle. I love Danielle. I feel like Danielle's in with these girls was through the back of talking shit about Lindsay and Carl. One one hundred percent. She didn't go in there to be like. I'm going to bond with you guys as myself and a person. It's she came in and the reason she got really close to them is because whatever. And maybe there was other scenes we didn't see it on the show, but like and they cut it off. But a lot of it was suddenly Paige got super chummy with her because Danielle started talking shit about Lindsay and Carl. That's all it was. And like Paige has been putting words in her mouth. Like when Danielle goes to like even express how frustrated she is, Paige is like, "You feel like you're being used." She forgot you. Yeah, she hates you. Yeah, yeah. You wish you weren't here. You want to kill her. You hate Carl. You love Carl. You love Carl. You wish he proposed to you. It's like Paige, shut up. But Danielle doesn't like actually defend Lindsay in any way, right? Like she has been using this. They've been using Danielle to get shit on Lindsay and Carl. And Danielle's kind of an idiot because she's been a pawn in this entire game between like those girls and Carl and Lindsay. And it's stupid. Um, When everyone comes back, they're a little annoyed about them leaving. They're mostly mad that they took the cake, (laughs) which was super petty. Um, And there's some antics and everyone's having fun. And then Corey and Chris take hats from Lindsay and Carl's room. And Danielle has... A very strange reaction. What do you think this was about? Mm. Okay, so them leaving mm-hmm. and her kind of like reaction to this like violation of their space. Mm-hmm. I think she's trying to play two different games mm-hmm. where it's like, oh no, but I defended you when you weren't here. The guy mm-hmm. stood up for you, uh, like to counteract all of the like, I think the guilt is starting to set in from like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm making a scene at the engagement doing the absolute and complete most and i think it's hitting her and now she's like oh no like they're going in their space but also at the same time it's like oh they left and so it's like they left her like it's probably the way that she's like taking that in is like oh they didn't just leave like they left me like oh like because she's taking again taking everything as like a personal there's a line in the game of thrones book Mm -hmm. it says cersei lannister never forgot a slight perceived or imagined yes and i feel like it's like one that could be like the touchstone of reality television but like danielle is taking everything that they are doing personally and Mm -hmm. like now it's like oh well 
I've got to correct course. I've got to go off on you guys for going in their space and going in the room and F you. Like, what? like girl, what? Yeah. Yeah. She kept saying, "We're this is a little lowbrow. We're not going to be like that. We're, we shouldn't be like that. And it almost to me felt like somewhere in Danielle's mind, she was like, oh, not only am, am I now the reason for why they left, but I am also going to be a co-conspirator in the celebration of the demise of Carl and Lindsay from Summer House. Like these guys are now shitting on, like they're pissing on their graves and I'm going to get blamed for it because I was the one that was the catalyst for them leaving. And I think that that's a big part of why Danielle is having a meltdown. I think she also realizes that maybe these people aren't really on her side. They're more just happy to drive away Lindsay and Carl. Anyway, then after that, there's just like a bunch of stupid Craig and Corey stuff, which I could really, really do without. Um, Craig is really, Craig is on a, um, he's got a hard on for hating Lindsay the way Tom Sandoval does for hating on Katie. And it's fucking weird, man. It's weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, not peace. Um, <laughs> Solomon says, you know, how, like you like tell somebody something and like it becomes their feeling because they're malleable and they start yeah. to say all the stuff that you say to them probably in private, but you can't say this stuff on camera, but they have the luxury of being someone who is sweet and has this image where, yes, they may say some problematic things, but they're generally honest. And yeah. you just put words into their mouth and wind put a battery in their back and wind them up and watch them go. <laughs> I think that um oddly specific I, on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Craig also by the end you really realize like with has this like weird interaction with Paige where it makes me wonder I think Paige might hate him. Um <laughs> but this is the only time we have to be alone together. Okay. Okay, I'd really rather not be in there. <laughs> yeah, I'm coming. And proceeds to just lay in the same spot. And he's like, he's like my kid when he wants milk. And I'm like, yeah, just give mommy a million and I'll go get it. And he's like, milk, please. Milk, yeah. please. Yeah. Milk, please. And you're like, bro, like, give me, like, I had not had a chance to put my feet on the ground. Like, just yeah. give me a second. Yeah. Like, and that's Paige. Paige is reacting like an exhausted mom of a toddler. When dealing with Craig, <laughs> which is accurate, is that- <laughs> but I realize that Craig, by the end, like, and then I think also we see next week, like, that he's complaining about wanting to get engaged and all this stuff. I realize that I think also Craig hates Lindsay and Carl because he wishes that he was Lindsay and Carl, like, he wishes he was engaged and he wishes that he had the Bravo spotlight and he wished that there was a People magazine spread for his engagement to Paige, and he's not getting that. He got a taste of being like, you know, everybody's a favorite Bravo little power couple. Yeah, get a taste of it, like a just a smidge. And then Lindsay and Carl came and were like, guess what? Carl, the most beloved person on Bravo, is now engaged to Lindsay Hubbard. And then he's like, he fucking hates her for it. So, And then we yeah, had it- Luke and Ashley for that time period. <laughs> and it was like, they're like, and Paige and Craig. And it's like, it's Luke and Ashley. It's like the couple of Bravo Con. Yeah. yeah. Lindsay. And it's like, 
And you know, like, that is the thing that, like, chaps Craig's ass the most. Because Craig, for a little while on Bravo, probably from, like, that stupid-ass two judgy girls, like, poll that they do every year, which is, like, deeply racist. But, like, you know, they do that, like, hottest guy on Bravo thing. Oh, Um, the the March Madness. The March Madness hot guys on Bravo thing, which is always, like, oh, it's – oh, at the end, it's always, like, between, like, Shep, fucking Craig, and Austin. Like, it's always, like, these – weirdo white dudes right um (laughs) and and i feel like for a while craig was the long-standing winner of the that march madness of dudes and i feel like suddenly and mauricio yeah they do love mauricio but um i feel like then he you know carl came in carl got sober carl you know we saw his butt in one season of Summer House and we were like, damn, Carl looks good. He was making his bed. He was sober. He was going to Barry's in the morning and everybody suddenly got horny for Carl. And I feel like that's another reason why Craig hates them because he's they're beloved by people. And that's it. Craig wants to be beloved. He does. And he also want, like he wants that whole thing. Craig is a fairy tale kind of dude. And he wants that fairy tale like ending. He like he really is a hopeless romantic dude. Like if you watch him in all of his situations, like it's like, but he's like a hopeless romantic in like the 500 days of summer way where it's like, like, I don't, I want, it's more of a like possessed than a, like it's an compliment. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's understandable because Paige is like, there's something about Paige that is like quirky and cute and just like, and cool. Yeah, she's like she is. She's like you want to be her friend, no matter how much you say anything about her. You're like, I would be friends with Paige. Oh, one, yeah. If if Paige, let me wear your Paige DeSorbos. Like we will trade. I have a pink one. You can wear it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I think she's so mean. But if Paige was ever my friend, I would be so honored. (laughs) Dude, a night out with Paige and Sierra, like so fun. They would like dress you too. And like put you in a cute outfit and you would like, and if you put on an ugly outfit, they would tell you. Yeah. It's very Cher from Clueless. Like that is what. Yeah. Sharon Dion from Clueless. It's very much that same thing. And because she's like, she's short with you and she's like snippy and she's a little bit passive aggressive. But like she has, even, you know, she says, I think it's petty that Lindsay took the cake, but I also applaud her because I would do that same thing. Like. I, I don't know. Paige is a monster, but she's not a monster I absolutely despise. <laughs> okay. Well, let's now, unfortunately, go over to Real Housewives of New Jersey, which is really going to exhaust me and make me upset, but we got to cover it. <sighs> okay. Okay. All right. Prepare yourself. I do like those little flashbacky things. I'm okay. going to say it. So good. So good. That little flashback, cold open, 12 hours. 12 hours. Yes, I love those because you know at some point somebody's gonna be screaming, and then it's like you know what? At first, I thought I was like, "Is is this a recap? Did all this stuff happen? How much was I not paying attention to the last episode that I didn't see Marge being held back in my?" (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yeah, I. And then we get you know all of the aftermath of like everybody looks exhausted. Melissa's by the pool. Dolores is driving to Teresa's. All this shit. All these crazy things have happened. And then we go to the party. Um, I just want to note that this party is. I've mentioned this last week. It's weird. It's a weird 1920s Irish party because it's a prohibition party. 
It's a prohibition party, but it's like, they're like, it's 1920s Ireland. I'm like, 1920s Ireland didn't look the way that America in the 1920s and the roaring 20s look. Like, I don't think you guys, where, Dolores says something like, um, I would kill it in Ireland in the 1920s. All the mobsters would love me. And I was like, are you getting your history from Paul? Because, like, there was an Irish civil war in the 1920s in Ireland. Like, babe. <laughs> What is Polly telling you? My favorite is like he's like yeah, it's like it's a great idea. We'll wear costumes, and it's like it's a nineteen, it's a nineteen, it's a nice, like, yeah, it's a prohibition party. It's a great idea. Literally watching the same thing, and I mean, albeit Harlem Nights is a very specific version of this theme, very and yes. the fact that we actually got a "You Shot My Pinky Toe" reference in it makes it all the more perfect. But yeah. it was, but. It didn't look costume. It looked Met Gala. This, like, they look great because Dolores is one of the most beautiful women on Bravo, and we're not going to lie about it. Yeah. But stop throwing the 20s parties, please. Like, please, 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 please. please. And didn't they do it a girl's trip, too? On girl's trip, too. Yeah, they did. Stop. There are more ideas. Like, they go and, like, jeez, like, bank vault. Yeah, and, I don't know, like something. Yeah, honestly, just explore what other fashions existed in the 1900s during other decades. Honestly, any we either get 1920s, we get the 70s, and then occasionally we'll get the 80s. Why? Why? Why do we do they not? Why do we have a Gertie in the Housewives <laughs> universe who throws <laughs> the greatest parties in the world? And bless her heart, because. Yeah, that she's sick, and we yeah. pray for a swift recovery. And we love her. But Amen. you have a Gertie in the Housewives universe, and you can't call her to plan your party. Yeah, you can't mm-hmm. give her that crossover shine. And her parties are beautiful. Like, have you seen like the like her yeah. parties are? Get an idea from Gertie. Call yeah, her. just Let her gertify your party. Yeah, honestly, just gertify your idea. You don't even have to have her. Just hey, say hey, Gertie. I'm thinking about doing a 1920s part, and Gertie's gonna say, "Don't, just don't." <laughs> Let me give you another decade to work with. Okay, any other time. We've been on this earth for 2,023 years. I can give you another period to work with. Please, not the 1920s. Um, this this cast frustrates me because the women are constantly putting so much emphasis on having a man. They're like, we're so happy for Dolores to throw a party with a man. She's never hosted a party with a man. Like, fuck you guys. Dolores is being loved. And the thing is like, because they have that mentality and they're always coming at Dolores like that. Like this is a huge deal for Dolores because like, yeah, Frank has been there, but Frank is her ex-husband. Dolores mm-hmm. is not, you could barely get Dr. Man to come out, but like Polly is not only like loving her privately, he's showcasing her publicly. He's supporting her. She's not going to these things alone because mm-hmm. Polly is like showing up for her. He's throwing a party at their house to like, mm-hmm. and she's like, I don't have to do anything but be here, yeah. but they're still going to find a way to like shame her and be and rush her. Instead yeah. of letting her enjoy this thing, it's like, oh, you better get married. You better get a ring. Even if yeah. they've had that conversation, y'all putting that pressure on her for what? Yeah. A season where you're going to fight for attention because that wedding is going to be amazing. 
It's going to take up a whole season and I'm going to enjoy it. That is a wedding season that I look forward to. But y'all are going to be like fighting and trying to take away her moment. So why are you trying to rush it? Like, just enjoy this time where she's in once again. Leave these people in their love bubbles. (laughs) Yes. Yes. You know, that's going to be the title of this episode. Leave these people in their love bubble. Um, (laughs) Also, you're right, because they're like, oh, we love Polly. We love Polly. Dolores and Polly. Dolores and Polly. You guys are going to get married. And then, like, literally this season on an after show, fucking Marge was like, well, Polly's not even divorced. So I guess, like, like, you want her to have a man so bad so you can do what? Drag her relationship through the mud like you guys do with everybody else? Let me reply to that one. I don't have an arsenal. (laughs) (laughs) Justice for Danielle Cabral. Yeah, okay. (laughs) It's been a hard, hard day for Danielle's on between these two shows. Danielle, do you think Danielle mishandled this information and this rumor? What? I felt bad for her because I'm like, clearly this woman is trying to get, she's trying to, you know, hold on to her. A Jersey tomato to her hip, <laughs> her hip, her Jersey, her Jersey hip in her black dress, which I don't think was that. I think you mentioned this on Emily's podcast is not actually a black dress. They colored it like I don't I can't stand it anymore. <laughs> Stop being cheap with these transitions. Do you see the money that Atlanta is given these season with those like transitions like Atlanta? Like get you have the budget (laughs) give them a budget you want a glamorous show make a glamorous show give me the transitions and for the love of goodness stop using a picture from like five surgeries ago for people yes please please update these this is a plea from the (laughs) bottom of my heart bravo please update the pictures every year it's like a school picture. I don't want you photoshopping students that didn't go to the school into the school picture from the year before and calling it new. It's absurd. It Stop it. Pay the money. It's a photographer. You could hire a dude for $500 that could do better work than this stupid like thing that you've done over and over again. You're better than this. Yes. Be better. Thank you. Amen. Oh, wait, Sirens Media, not Bravo, my big So, Danielle, I feel like she was trying to hold on to her hip. And I feel like, I feel like she was like, all right, it's a finale party. I got to do something big. I've been obviously given this information, and these people are going to like, I do believe that. Do you believe that Jennifer and Teresa were like, yeah, Danielle, you know what? You should probably just like, talk about this on camera like do you think that she was like encouraged to bring this up by Teresa and Jennifer in some way they had the conversation and they told somebody who was not involved in the conversation that was already involved in a situation about going back and saying something to someone else and delivering a message I'm not saying that they didn't do it and I'm not saying they did do it but I'm not saying that they did (laughs) I feel like Teresa is smarter than she lets on. Don't you think so? Uh, Teresa is smart. Yeah. Teresa is smart, but Teresa also knows that she can play dumb her way out of the situation. Yes. And especially given her current situation and partner situation, 
I think that she's very much Teresa is about the presentation because mm-hmm. she doesn't want to have to go and do the deep levels of this. I talked about it with Emily, like mm-hmm. again, lots of trauma, lots of unprocessed trauma, mm-hmm. and a lot of pettiness too. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. the two, the two things can be true. Like you can have trauma, but you can also like have that trauma, do good things, be an incredible parent, and also still be petty, especially yeah. when you've been dealing with the situation. I'm tired. I'm so tired of this. I like y'all have given me maybe like the equivalent of two thirds of a season of peace. Yeah. I don't want to keep seeing you fight and seeing people cry and seeing a family split up and just like for what? Mm-hmm. Like for what? Like your children are now like slowly but surely being dragged into this. Y'all did not listen to Gia crying in that pizza shop talking mm-hmm. about waking up in the morning. You didn't think about any of those things. No, None nothing. of them. No. And now like look at you. Like yeah. and it is a thing like did it feel like Louie was pushing for them not to go to the wedding? Yes. yes. Did it feel like they were pushing for a reason not to go to the wedding? Yes. Mm-hmm. And but I also in a way as real and raw and all whatever it is as this thing is do i also feel like they thought they would get like their own cameras on them filming during Teresa's wedding special if they didn't go and it would be mm-hmm. like a whole big like will they won't they not mm-hmm. thinking about the fact that we're going to know before the season airs that obviously it's a won't they yeah like i'm just and i want danielle and then like make up with her brother too because i like i'm not gonna do another 10 years of another family like yeah no thanks feud. i, I yeah. love jersey jersey is my like as far as like housewives shows for real for real like jersey mm-hmm. was my like watch first one where i did like i love this show because i also love mob wives and i loved yes. all the like the vibes of it and yeah i do like i want to go to frank likes <laughs> <laughs> it's fine Listen, I'm, I'm going to come and we're going to go to Rails. We are definitely going to gonna go, go to Rails. Rails. We're going to have an espresso martini. <laughs> yeah. They honestly, the food and drinks at Rails is so, they have a carrot cake. Do you like carrot cake? I've never eaten carrot cake. Oh my God. Well, then you must, have, you're from the South and you've never had a carrot cake? I'm a buttercream frosting cake kind of person when I oh, do those, but I'm also, person. I'm a candy person more than anything. Okay. Yeah. understandable all right well the desserts at rails are incredible like the 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 cream cheese i'm sorry the carrot cake is literally the size of like my six-year-old like it's huge like the slice they give you is a bit stupid how it's much like food they bunny you. you remember yeah. when buster bunny would have the carrot cake on yeah. it <laughs> yes yeah we're gonna be like buster bunny at rails okay you're gonna come here we're gonna do that I, I agree with you. I don't want to hear this, Danielle. Like, I feel sorry for you that you and your brother don't talk. But, like, hey, make up with him off the air. Okay, come back next season with that shit done, dealt with. I don't want to deal with that. It makes me upset. Um, but, like, I will say, I'm not – I don't fuck with Melissa Gorga. But this episode, this bitch killed it, Okay. The way Melissa Gorga received that information from Danielle, and I was like, oh, I was. You're waiting weird. for it to go off. I was waiting for her to go off. And I was so excited. I was like, damn, she played the long game. Like, she's so smart because I could tell 
early on, I was like, oh, I think that she already knows. And that's why she's trying to like be close to all these girls. Like she's, she knows that this is probably going to come up this season, right? Mm -hmm. She was prepared for it to come up this season, but the way that she responded to it and she was like, yeah, I already fucking know. I've known for six months. And the reason why I never liked Teresa to begin with is because she's the one that's been spreading this rumor all over. And I was like, you know what, Melissa Gorga, I don't like to give you any props, but props to you. Good job. You earned your hip. Well, not really, because I don't want her on the show next year, but it's fine. You don't want her on display? <laughs> I don't. I don't. That song gets stuck in my head all of the time. Yeah. All of the time. Out of nowhere. I will just, <laughs> somebody will say on and I'm like, don't do it. Don't do it. Please stop. <laughs> no, it's in my head. <laughs> But how much of it, and it's like, how do I know so much of this song? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, that everybody's waiting on me to follow you. Yeah, you know? that's, that's the part that was in my, you can't, can you wait in on me, wait in on me. Um, <laughs> I'm performing today on Ryan Seacrest. <laughs> It was like song. super early in the morning too. It was like a 7 a.m. performance of On Display. So good. Now, do you do you like in in the war between Margaret and Jennifer Aiden, who you got? Oh, I'm always a Jen Aiden. Yes. I love Jennifer Aiden with and I, I like I like Marge. I love Jen Aiden. Mm-hmm. She is funny. She has amazing hair, like the volume and the thickness. Mm-hmm. And you mm-hmm. had all them kids and you got all that hair too. Like, oh my God, like bless <laughs> yes. you. Yes. <laughs> like, yes. part of my hair loss wear. Yeah. Like, but she also is like, I'm sorry. Like for me, it's always going to be Marge trying to like gotcha moment her mm-hmm. and her just turning around and be like, she was a fan of that. Get her. Yeah. Like, don't let her get her pharmaceutical rep. Get, get her right. <laughs> she was a pharmaceutical rep, you fucking idiot. Get your facts, facts straight. straight. Like, she's. Like, <laughs> and you know what? Like, Jennifer Aiden, if she ever should deem to leave the Real Housewives of New Jersey, mm-hmm. she could be like a pageant coach, but a reunion coach. Yes. She oh, could go crazy. and offer like housewives like <laughs> like just random lessons. Actually, no. Your remarks should come directly out. Make sure that if you do use props, that they are very clear and concise. Yes. That scene of her at the reunion saying, Come on, Marion Webster, where are you at? Like <laughs> looking straight at Margaret, but then waving her hand to the side to Jackie. Oh God. I love Jennifer Aiden. I know she's a monster. She's probably not a very good person, but I love watching Margaret and Jennifer fight because I like when Margaret loses her shit. Margaret has act, tried to act like she's like, oh, I'm so like cool and calm and like, oh, whatever, right? And then like, then you have like her, Jennifer says one thing to her and she's like, fuck you, Jennifer, you're a fucking bitch. Like, she's they just, are like, equally, they are equally yoked. Yes. <laughs> like a thousand percent, like those two people were meant to be frenemies. Like, yes, it is. It is meant to be like no matter how many times they go out and there's some Snickers coffee creamer, like <laughs> they're like yeah. it's it's just gonna happen. And yeah, can we please? I'm sorry. Like 
I know like time is running short, but I need to say this. I have tried to give Lily the benefit of the doubt because I just want Teresa to be happy. I just want her to be happy. I want her to find some peace. And I really thought like, no, I didn't. No, I didn't. If I'm honest with myself, did I think that he really was trying to help the situation? No, I think he was trying to present that he was helping the situation behind closed doors, kind of like with that phone call. He's saying something completely different and planting the seed that drives her, like drives a wedge further in between them so that he can be like her rock, her everything, like Mm -hmm. centering himself in the middle of even this, this feud, this like rat on the street, this turning red, screaming at Joe, which even for Joe, like, Joe was doing all that huffing and puffing when he came on the scene, like at the baby shower. Like, yeah. How you start is how you finish. Yep. And I mean, the thing is, like, you're not waiting. I don't think he ever expected anybody to, like, get back in his face like that. Like, yeah, Judah. Mm-hmm. But now, you, he doesn't have the luxury of the long history and relationship that he has with Judas. Mm-hmm. And Louis is a different level of I'm concerning. Like, Yes, of uh, he's a different level of uh of sinister to me. Like he's scary in a way that is masked masked with toxic like positivity. Yes. And and you know, he tried to come in and be like, "Oh, these Jersey guys, they don't, you know, they're all macho and they don't talk about their feelings, but I'm going to come in here and I'm going to give you like a a speck of what it what like good behavior, good man, a good man who goes to therapy behavior is, but I feel like he just uses therapy speak to be a toxic, manipulative, terrible, terrible, abusive person." The season finale last year, remember, he's like, we're going to go, we're winning. We're going to go home on our jet to our million dollar house. The finale, like on this episode where he's like, that's because we're winning and you're mad because we're winning and we're going to continue to win. And it's very, uh, it's very uh, toxic man, bro. Very much so. (laughs) It's very like, ooh, it's, and it's in this way where he's like that dude that it's a love bomb thing. It really is a love bomb thing where it's like, I'm going to say all of these like outlandish things, but then like, I'm the only one protecting you. I'm the one that's trying to save you from this situation. You're in a snake pit. I'm pulling you out of the snake pit into another snake pit. Yeah. Like that. I'm sorry, but that episode of like, watch what happens live where they were like, yeah, that's the same thing Jen Shaw does. And like that, there's just a lot of like, what's the, I don't know brick colored flags out yes. there yes i say that brick red is my favorite crayon so th- <laughs> that's a good one it's a solid it's, solid color like you back in the day it was good it was- yeah <laughs> it is it is when i my kids ask for a red crayon and i find that one i'm like oh this is the right red it i'm is- not gonna hear any bullshit from them this is too orange no it's red it's um thick red like it's- i would wear this <laughs> lipstick I would love a red brick lipstick. Mac, someone needs to make it. Here, please, <laughs> please. Um, Lala, <laughs> you're what you're absolutely right. Like there is, there there's something that you just said that reminded me that you know when when Juicy was around, and I know we, we you're short on time. We're gonna wrap this up very soon. But when Juicy was around the first time, 
you know, Teresa, if you think about her life, then her parents, she, she, she talks about it. They didn't grow up with a lot of money. They were pretty like regular working class people. Her father was like a shoemaker. They lived in Patterson, New Jersey. And then here comes Juicy Joe with like money, right? He was very successful. That's what we know about him very early on. He was very successful. And the father was very impressed by him. And he was, and that is, that was like, what pulled Teresa in, right? My husband has money. This is a very successful guy and it's different than what I know at home. And so she gets to be saved by Joe Judice into this life of luxury and money. And of course that bites her in the ass because she goes to fucking prison for it. Mm -hmm. And then here she is building her own fucking life. She's the one that paid the fucking bills from probably season three onward and And the restitution that was owed she paid all of that off exactly and then you have this situation where Teresa's being saved from another missing hole from her childhood right oh my father was a like he was a screamer and he would throw things at us and we weren't allowed to talk about our feelings but here's this man who's saving me in a different way emotionally and it fucking scares the shit out of me how he's going to use that part of it to screw her over like I know Teresa's not the best person I know that she is very problematic. I'm sure that she was involved in telling Joe to leave his wife, whatever. But I still think that it scares me for this woman who basically has been a single parent, even when her husband was around, for these four girls. It terrifies me. There's I just, a difference I hate between messy her. and dangerous. Yes, exactly. And yeah. Louis is dangerous. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> Louis is allegedly dangerous. He had a private investigator. No big deal. No big deal. No. Who? Do you remember that lady on uh, In Living Color? She was like, you ain't heard that from me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay. I think this brings us to the end of this episode. Thank you so much. You have to come back. You got to come back and we need like more time to psychoanalyze these sociopaths. Let's not act like I'm not going to be in your DMs as soon as I get done doing this thing when I'm done. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe like, even while I'm working. You're like, one more thing I forgot to mention on the episode. <laughs> I did. I think I messaged you at like 1245 last night and was like, I can't. I can't do this anymore. I can't watch this show anymore. I can't do it. And this is a show I rewatch every year before it starts. <laughs> I know. New Jersey's a lot. But I appreciate you so much for giving me your time. Um, can you tell everybody what you have going on, what they should check out of yours, and where they can follow you and all that stuff? My name is Christina Ariel, K-R-Y-S-T-I-N-A-A-R-I-E-L-L-E. Spell it right or you get the wrong person. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram, Christina Ariel. You can find me on, what's that thing? The Tiki Talkie. Yeah, yeah, so you can find me on that one at Christina Ariel Tigner, T-I-G-N-E-R, not Tiger, add an N in there. And um, you can watch my show, Star Wars The Higher Public Show, on StarWars.com. You can also follow along. I play Dungeons & Dragons if you're interested in Critical World, Dimension 20, any of those things. Or if you like a good old-fashioned show that's not too, too long, you can go on YouTube to Shipwreck Comedy and watch my show, Headless A Sleepy Hollow Story. It's really fun, and if you like quirky comedy historical literary fiction mysteries then you'll like it <laughs> i can't wait is any of that stuff kid friendly uh headless is pretty kid friendly there's like no swearing or anything like that and there's like 
if your kids ever gotten into like any of the like star kid musical darren chris universe kind of stuff or you were mm-hmm. then it's it's something you like really enjoy it's really and the episodes I'll are like 10 minutes my 10 year old liked it a lot yeah yeah I, i'll start it i'll start with aiden he's nine he likes all kinds of quirky stuff so i can't wait thank you again so much for being here i'll be back next week to talk about god knows what um and i'll just uh god Prayers to everybody in their love bubble. As much as I want them to stay in them, I also want them to be safe. Can we get an amen for that? We can get an amen. And then we go. Ding, 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 ding,